Welcome in, everybody. Let's talk some Big Ten football, shall we? Yes, this is uh, Big Ten football and beyond. Uh, it might be new for some of you. We've been doing these conference football shows, oh, for about three years now. Um, I think it's been a little bit longer. We started the SEC football and beyond, gosh, about, I think it's been about four years, uh, maybe three and a half, whatever. And uh, we did, uh, we started doing all of them, so... Uh, ACC football and beyond, Big Ten football and beyond, uh, Big 12 football and beyond, Back 12 football and beyond. Yes, we cover it all for you. And the reason why we do this is um, to create a forum for those conferences. But a lot of folks, like I just got done with Scouts Eye on College Football, you can hit certain things. You can't go into the detail because the country is so big. Pro football, Scouts Eye on Pro Football, which, by the way, is coming up at the top of next hour, you can get through the entire league. I mean, you can get through the things that are going on and get through the games and all that. You can't get through everything in a college football show nationally in the detail that I like to do. So we do a national one, college show, and then we do conference shows that allow the fans of those leagues to get into the details in the minutia, recruiting and the film room analysis, the details of personnel, all of those things. We got it for you. So once again, welcome to Big Ten Football and Beyond. Where you can find us, well, if you found us and you hear us, um, you know where to find us, twitch.tv slash chrislandryfootball. We'll be here every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Central Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time. If you're listening to this in podcast form, um, very simple. You, you've probably caught us on LandryFootball.com. Easy way to do it. Go to LandryFootball.com, and you can find the podcast there. When we drop it, you can go ahead and listen to it. Um, or sign up for Landry Football's conference call, and you'll have that directly uh, sent to you. Now, you know, not to confuse you, but uh, Landry Football Podcast Channel is um, where you can get our SEC and ACC and Alabama show uh, National College Show, part of the Podcast Park Group. But you found us. We hope you are there with us and join us in the chat room. Look, we'll get to your questions. Um, we'll get it in the mailbag segment towards the end. But we'd like to hit um, some news and notes around the conference. And then, right now at least, we're going to go into detailed previews of about, well, we're going to do four teams, you know, for the next two, three weeks to get them all in. I'm going to do Indiana, I'm going to do, what else? I'm going to do Indiana, I'm going to do Michigan, I'm going to do Ohio State and Penn State today. We'll get through those teams and kind of go through what I see in those teams, what they have done in terms of um, uh, how they have looked in terms of spring practice, how they looked last year, film grade notes. Again, get you in a preview that is, um, you, you know, get you ready for the season. So we'll do that. But I want to first get to some news and notes of the day, and uh, let's do that right now. And just a couple of things that jump out, and it really are Ohio State related. Jaheim Singletary, we talked about this on the SEC Football and Beyond podcast uh, yesterday, which, again, you can catch every uh, Monday and Thursday at 5 p.m. Central Time with myself and Dan Matthews. Jaheim, Secretary, uh, Jaheim Singletary is a big-time prospect from um, Robert E. Lee High School in Jacksonville, Florida. He has been committed to play at uh, Ohio State. 
But being a local kid, he's um, for about eight months he's been committed, and he's kind of opened up his recruitment. He's had a visit recently to Miami and Florida. I think they're in it. Georgia's the team to beat now, I think. We'll see. Ways to go um, before early signing day in December. We'll see how this plays out. We'll, we'll see where it goes from there. So um, you can uh, certainly uh, check that out there. Um, you know, I know Will Muschamp has been really involved in the early stages of recruiting this young man, developed a relationship, as had Traveris Robinson. Well, Will is an analyst at Georgia, and T-Rob is over at Miami. So stay tuned on that. And then you've probably heard about it. We've talked about it. Quinn Ewers, uh, Ewers top-rated quarterback prospect in the 2022 class, is reclassifying and entering Ohio State for the fall semester. He's going to skip his final year of high school football. He's from South Lake Carroll. Um, really good school. Uh, Coach Dodge has done a tremendous job there for a long time. Um, you know, people have asked me, is this is going to be a trend? Um, an elite player who gets done with his academics uh, quicker and can enter school and has an opportunity to make money through their name, image, and likeness, yeah, I think we'll see some of them. I think we'll absolutely see some of them. A lot, I don't know. I think there's a lot about name, image, and likeness that we're going to have to figure out as we go there. But those are some things that kind of headline the news of the day. A reminder that if you want to get more detailed and more minutia, it maybe doesn't make the list of let's talk about it here on this show, but you want to know all the latest recruiting information, all the latest inside information, transfers, things that are going on in practice once they start. You can find that out in our college notebook uh, every day on LandryFootball.com. So check that out um, uh, each and every day. And again, if you're an NFL fan, um, you can find out stuff in the NFL. So uh, make sure that you take advantage of the football uh, season sale at this point. All right, let's get started with our team previews. And we're going to get started with uh, Indiana, um, a program. And uh, I know we've got some questions and Woodchet King brings one here, but we're going to get to the previews and the analysis, and then we're going to take you take your questions um, uh, a little bit uh, later as we get into the show. And the thing that jumps out at me about Tom Allen is he's really developed an unbelievable culture there in a short period of time. Um, he's carving out their little own unique identity there. The offense is very aggressive. They take a lot of chances. Um, you know, uh, they'll take risks. The defense, a lot of unconventional fronts. They're they're even they're even better coached on that side of the ball. They have a lot of unconventional fronts and blitzes, launch points. Um, uh, you know, a lot of packages overall. Um, there's no doubt um, that this team has been uh, heavily reliant on Michael Penix. Now, they're starting to recruit better as a program. Uh, Michael Penix, when he was not there last year, it was a different team. Look, they played well. Um, you've got to see more consistency, Indiana fans. And I believe in Tom. I do. I believe in Tom Allen and what he's doing. But we need to see it, uh, that culture, go on a little bit further. Is good enough to accept transfers, and they're starting to do that as well. The offensive line is the biggest issue on offense. Um, especially getting pushed in the run game. One of the worst in the nation last year in doing that. 
I really like their wide receivers. Got good young running backs. Um, defensively, they had the best red zone touchdown stop rate in the nation. They were top four in the Big Ten in forcing turnovers. Um, and it allowed their defensive coordinator, Kane Womack, to get a job at South Alabama, a head job that is. So the new defensive coordinator is uh, Charlton Warren. Uh, he's a super recruiter, but he's a first-time defensive coordinator. And Tom is kind of take pride in developing those guys. So how well will they do? Defensive line's their biggest issue on defense in their 4-2-5 scheme. Secondary's really good, and linebackers are solid. Uh, so, can I think the key with Tom is, can he sustain a program like Kurt Ferentz did at Iowa? Uh, like to some degree what uh, D'Antonio did at Michigan State, what Matt Campbell's doing at Iowa State. Or was it a one-year wonder? I don't think it was a one-year wonder. But I think also the people that think, oh, look, look, they win eight games. When are they going to win ten and win the Big Ten? That's, that's, not, that's not realistic there. Um, they're much better programs, um, but the, the, they're a much better program than they've been. But they must recruit in the top 15 tier to compete for number two in the East on a consistent basis. So, all the criticism we're going to give to Michigan, and, and right, rightly so, there's greater expectations at Michigan. But Indiana doesn't recruit where Michigan, or, and I don't mean geographically, I'm talking about on the same level as Michigan and Penn State. They're recruiting well. They're getting better. Transfers, having that workout, improved recruiting, all things that they're going to need to be able to win on a consistent basis a little bit more than just having a one-year wonder situation. And, and I'm not saying it's a one-year wonder that, that that's the way it's going to be, but because I don't. But I do think we need to see it a little bit more before everyone everyone needs to pump the brakes on this is now going to be, you know, great. I, I, again, let's see them do it over time. They went, after going 6-2, and two, they defeated Penn State, Michigan, Michigan State in the same season for the first time in program history. So they did things that have been unprecedented. That's unbelievable. And, and I don't, hey, it's a COVID year, it's fluky, it's never going to happen again. Maybe, maybe not. Let's see. I'm not for saying it ain't going to happen again, and I'm not for saying that it absolutely will happen again. I'm saying, let's see. They returned 17 starters. We talked about Penix. Um, Allen's salary has been increased to nearly $5 million. Everybody's making a lot of money now. Again, Penix is a, is a playmaker as a thrower and a runner. Um, Samson James is going to get the call to replace Stevie Scott. But remember the name Stephen Carr, who's the USC transfer, add another talented back to the mix. Um, Tim Baldwin Jr. has speed and cutting ability. David Ellis is a third down option for him. The receiving core remains a strength. I like Ty Freifogel. He's blossoming one of the top receivers in the Big Ten. Um, Sophomore Mike Marshall had a strong spring as a top candidate for improvement there. D.J. Matthews is a four-star recruit. got some ability. Concerned about their offensive line. They ranked 12th in the Big Ten in rushing. And they averaged only 3.3 yards per carry. As I said, they graded out really poorly there. Got four starters returning. What does that mean? Well, they're not good enough last year. Well, how much better can they get? Two ways to get better. Get better players. Get your players better. They've got to get their players better. They've got to do both. But this year as it relates to this year's team, got to get your 
players better. Right tackle Matthew Bedford was the most accomplished blocker. Keep an eye on Zach Carpenter. He's a transfer from Michigan. He started two games as a redshirt freshman over at Michigan. He could start for them at uh, guard or center. On the defensive side, I mentioned um, Charlton Warren. Uh, he arrived from Georgia to replace Kane Womack as the defensive coordinator after Womack became the head coach at uh, USA. Um, they're going to play that 4-2-5 scheme that Allen prefers. Um, and, you know, they, they did a pretty good job against Ole Miss's offense in the Outback Bowl. Uh, Ryan Anderson transferred from the Rebels to Indiana. He'll team with James Head and Michael Zambell for a talented trio at defensive end. Uh, Demarcus Elliott. Um, Nofotogo, and I never pronounce his name correctly because I never pronounce it the same way twice. Uh, they're going to handle the interior. They led the Big Ten with 25 sacks last year. McFadden was the best linebacker uh, in at least, you know, gosh, I would say 10 years as a sideline, sideline force for them. Cam Jones is a faster, disruptive player. Marcelino McCray ball torn his ACL, but he can play that hybrid position well. Miller and Casey are proven reserves at the linebacker position. Um, love Taiwan Mullen. I mentioned him in the college football show last hour. He's one of the corners that I think is one of the more underrated players. Relentless man-to-man -man cover guy. Um, he really forces the ball the other side of the field. Reese Taylor and Jalen Williams got to play really well. Raheem Lane is expected to return from injury. Um, another guy in Charles Campbell, second-team All-Big Ten kicker. Um, let's see where they go. I mean, it's, it was a, it was again a big, big. Um, you know, two and zero Big Ten start, four and zero Big Ten start. Beat Michigan, beat Wisconsin, top ten. I mean, just a lot of things. They cracked in the top ten for the first time in like fifty years. Now again, I know COVID year. A lot of people, they handled it well. They can do what they do. Um, they were within a score of Ohio State. A lot of things about. Oh, let's see them do it again. One year that. Up to them, they will they will change the narrative. They will cement themselves. But the key in football, the key in anything, is doing it consistently, right? I think offensively they regressed quite a bit last year, but they will still able to find ways to win. Uh, they'll miss well failure, and again, the offensive line's a, a, an issue that they've got to improve upon, no question. Um, so I, I think this is a pretty good team. I really do. I think the incoming class uh, has got. They've got one top 300 commitment. Uh, if you, uh, and that's Jack S. Smith, the receiver from Westlake High School in Georgia. Uh, it's a small class, but it was really good. You know, he was good, and I think Jordan Williams, the four-star receiver, is really good. They got some key in-state guys with defensive end Cooper Jones, um, uh, the guard uh, Vinny uh, Fikable, the quarterback Donovan McCulley. And then they've got a big tackle, Joshua Sales, that's really good. And I think a corner um, out of Central Florida, Larry Smith, that's really good. So uh, you can check out the detailed breakdowns of this Indiana team, uh, more position-by-position position look, as well as um, the depth chart analysis of Indiana. See, where, where, do they, where do you figure out? You look at their schedule and you kind of see how it may play out. I think you can look at um, – some key games and say, where do they head this year? Where's the, the, the weak points, the question points? I think you, you look at it, and I think they've got 
three blue grade players with Fry Fogle, McFadden, um, and I think Mullen, who I mentioned. I think the Iowa game beginning of the year is huge. It's on the road. It's a swing game. I think Cincinnati week three is huge. This team starts 3-0. and You better start paying attention. They could be a pretty good team and be 1-2. and Then you got uh, Penn State on October 2nd on the road. You got Ohio State. That'll be a loss on the 23rd at home. I think a swing game at Maryland, you got to win that. At Michigan, you know, talk about Michigan all you want. They've still been better than Indiana consistently. Then you got Minnesota at home and then Purdue on the road at the end of the year. Look, I don't know that they're not any better than 7-5. and five. We'll see. Maybe they are. Time will tell. The Iowa game won't tell the season, but it's certainly going to give us an indication off the top, I would think. So uh, that's a look at the Indiana Hoosiers. Um, I want to move next to the Michigan Wolverines. Take a look at those guys. Lots been talked about um, with Michigan, and as I pull up, look at their schedule here. So I want to, I'll get to that in a little bit. But it, the plight of Jim Harbaugh is one that's been oh interesting. You know, people been very critical, you know, rightly so. A lot of expectations, but it's also there's a lot of good moments. One thing that kind of was the final straw last year was the Wisconsin blowout. That led to massive staff changes. Um, it starts with the inability to develop a playmaker at quarterback. You know, everybody knows, oh, Michigan's this. Let's let's get into why. I mean, let's talk about why's. That's what I like to do. They don't have a playmaker at quarterback. And when's the last time they've had one? Shoelace, Rich Rod. Um, will this staff blow out? Be kind of like the Brian Kelly. Um, 2016 blowout, or more like Mark D'Antonio's, that basically hastened his retirement. Don't know why Josh Gaddis was hired. This offense is not like anything he was involved with. Well, at Alabama, he was a receiver coach. Prior to that, he was pretty involved at Penn State with Joe Moorhead. It's nothing like what he believes in and wants. They recruit well in numbers in Michigan, but not speed. There's nothing explosive in their offense. And if you want to know why they get creamed by Ohio State, it's one word. Speed. Yeah, Ohio State's more talented. They get speed. They recruit speed. Michigan does not. I like their running backs. Uh, I think they've got some good young wide receivers. But you know what? Quarterback and offensive line play is going to be the key. Where's the dominant offensive line play since they've had defensively? Look, they've had success under Don Brown, but the blowout and everything, it, it, it led to, okay, the defenses carried the water. Now, that's not dominant, not the same. Defensively going with Mike McDonald. Uh, he was hired off of the Raven staff, Jim's brother, John. Um, it's going to be a three-man front with a lot of exotic alignments um, and to both you know, make opponents think and to provide better pressure points. It's great. It's fine. See how it works. Aiden Hutchinson's a really good player. The defense allowed the highest percentage of explosive play, pass plays in the Big Ten last year. In 109th in the nation, they ranked. Defense ranked last in the Big Ten in the 121st in interception rate. So, you know, when the defense struggled, 
no question you got to make a move because that was your calling card. That's what made you relevant because the offense has let you down. You have to have enough balance on your team. We were di discussing this yesterday uh, in the SEC show in general terms about you have to have multiple tools in your toolbox. If you can't win your way, which is ball control, physical defense, shorten the game, if somebody's able to get some big plays on you, can you go out and play chase and score points and have explosive plays to get you back in? If you can't, you're going to fall below your expectations. So it was a ton of mistakes, bad football, and it made what was been a bad situation at Michigan even worse. So we'll see how that, that plays out. Um, don't know where they're going to quarterback. Um, I mean, last year was Melton and Cade McNamara, and they both had injuries, and you know, J.J. McCarthy's the answer. Where they go? I mean, how does it fit with um, Alan Bowman coming over from Texas Tech? Where do they go? Don't know. Going to be interesting to see. Don't see Jim letting it loose. I don't think they're comfortable doing it. Let's see. Running back appears to be, I think, a good unit. Um, despite losing Jack Charbonnet to the transfer portal, they've got some talent there. I think Hassan, Hassan Haskins is really good. Uh, Blake Corum, um, with a season under his belt, I think can be really good. Um, Donovan Edwards got some explosive talent. Um, really highly recruited guy. Um, on the offensive line, tight end receiver, young receiver group. Ronnie Bell's a veteran guy. But the core is going to be even younger with the true freshman, uh, Andrea Anthony, uh, Kristen Dixon, Cornelius Johnson, Roman Wilson, A.J. Henning, uh, the Santa Real kid. All got some experience. Um, got a couple guards returning. Uh, you know, some, some question marks on explosiveness. Quarterback play, play up front. Can they get the ball in the hands of the playmakers? Do they have enough playmakers? Again, that's the issue. Defensively, um, what's the defense going to look like? Uh, it's a combination of looks. We talk about a lot of different looks there. I like Aiden Hutchinson. He's a he's an anchor piece you build around. I do think Taylor Upshaw and Mike Morrison, Gabe Newberg, um, are good players up front. I think uh, Donovan Jeter, Chris Hinton are returning guys that can play. Maisie Smith, the Oregon State transfer, Jordan Whitley, has been added after spring practice to kind of give some snaps at tackle. Uh, the linebacker unit comes back except for Cameron McGrone. Um, but Dax Hill comes back in the secondary. Um, it's some shakeup on special teams in the offseason, but there's still some talent specialists there with Norton and Moody. Um so it's a, you're looking at a team in a program that's been able to beat mediocre teams but struggle against Ohio State. What gets you often, and it's always talk about, well, you got to beat your rival. It's almost like a fait accompli that they're not even on the same plane as Ohio State. And it's like they know it. They won't admit it publicly, but they are. But when you start doing things like they did last year. And I know, well, COVID year, all that kind of stuff, COVID year, yada, yada, lost to Michigan State. They had a 21-point lead against Michigan State. In a first-year coach, ugly loss. Indiana, we just talked about, snapping a second-longest winning streak there. Ugly. Um, lost them. They didn't get beat by Wisconsin. They got pummeled by Wisconsin. They got taken behind the woodshed. 
beaten to a pulp. A one in three start, the worst since 1967. All things that you can at least mention that was a COVID year in its unusual nature, but you can't off of what they've done. That that's not. You can't throw it all in. That. Not to mention that Rutgers, the program that hadn't won a Big Ten game in four years, was a missed field goal away with tagging Michigan with another embarrassing loss. So, look, you want to throw that year out? Fresh start? Staff changes? None of that stuff we just talked about can happen this year. Or it's going to be tough for even Ward Manuel to save it. The wholesale coaching changes are going to be interesting to see. Interested to see where this goes. Um, you know, I think you look at it, probably a kind of like Indiana, a, a anywhere from 15 to 25 type of team. Their incoming class, they got 10 what I consider top 300 national caliber recruits. J.J. McCarthy is the, the best one on offense, and Junior Colson, the best one defense. We just talked to, about him a little bit. We'll see how that plays out. You can check out the complete depth chart, film room analysis uh, over at LandryFootball.com. That'll take you uh, where you need on that and uh, get you all the information. Uh, we've got it for every team, so you can check that out. Um, if you're looking at the schedule, Western Michigan, start with a win. I think you can beat Washington at home, Northern Illinois, and you got to take care of Rutgers. So a 4-0 start is where you need to be. But then it starts to get interesting because you go on the road and you beat Wisconsin. You know, avenge an embarrassing loss. Then you got something. Then you go on the road in Nebraska. Then, then you go into the bye week unbeaten. Okay, 6-0. I mean, I, I think... Talent-wise, they should be able to do that. But Wisconsin's going to be difficult on the road. And if, you don't, if you're not built with explosiveness and you fundamentally make mistakes, which they don't normally do, and they did last year, and you have defensive breakdowns, uh, that can't happen. Northwestern at Michigan State. Indiana it's going to be a challenge, no doubt. At Penn State, that's probably going to be tough. Maryland and, of course, you know, dare we say it? We're at the point where we say, no chance against Ohio State. Ohio State doesn't need to play anywhere close to their B game to beat Michigan at this point. They would have to play a disaster turnover fest and hand the game over to them, lose the game. Because right now, again, what Ohio State's doing, it's the opposite of what Michigan's doing, and it's speed. You know, look at the quarterbacks that have come out of Ohio State recently and how they've played. Look at the quarterbacks at Michigan. Look at the great speed receivers. Don't see that in Michigan. Ohio State's also been better on the offensive line. Um, I think defensively, up until last year, you could make the case pretty comparable, pretty uh, not comparable, but pretty pretty solid on defense for Michigan. You know, enough to say, you know what, defensively, how they play and how they play it, you can compete. You can absolutely compete. Offensively, which is Jim's bailiwick, <coughs> pardon me, 
Can't do it. So that's a look at the Michigan Wolverines. Look, I don't know. Is it 9-3? That'd be a one hell of a season. Probably keeps this job for another year. I don't know. It's going to be interesting. going to be interesting to see how that plays out. That's a look at the Michigan Wolverines. Now on to the Ohio State Buckeyes. A program that is, is far out ahead of the rest of the Big Ten, in my opinion, as Clemson is with the rest of the ACC. I believe that. I've looked at it. I studied it um, before I did my previews up on Landry Football and really thought about it, how great teams, and I looked at it, made made my list, and I checked it twice. Um, I, I do think that is the case. I mean, I think North Carolina is getting good. I, I, I just, right now, who's the second best team in the Big Ten? Well, we're we're going to deal with that in the days and weeks to come here in Big Ten football and beyond, and the national show, Scouts on College Football, right here on this network. But, you know, Michigan we just discussed. We're going to discuss Penn State right after Ohio State. Wisconsin's really good. They're Big Ten West good. I'm not so sure that even though I don't like North Carolina's chances and I don't think they're as close to – I don't think they're that close to Clemson. I don't think anybody's close to Ohio State. They're not competing with anybody in the Big Ten right now. There's no one close. They're competing with Alabama, Clemson. They've got 25, excuse me, 25 straight wins versus the Big Tennies. Let this sink in. They won 15 of 16 versus Michigan. They're a top three national recruiting program. They recruit better than Clemson. It's the best wide receiver room in the country. With an underrated tight end, by the way. And a receiver room that will rival Alabama's last year and LSU's the year before. An elite left tackle. And they got Wilson, Alave, Emeka, Igobuke, Julian Fleming, Jason Smith, um, Marvin Harrison Jr. (laughs) Those are all receivers. The offensive tackle duels as good as any in the nation. Outstanding backs. I think the young backs are the ones that intrigue me the most. That Travion Henderson is a guy that that I think is better than Master Teague. Master Teague is just solid, but I think they're better guys there. Defensively, they may have to take a step back. Uh, uh, you know, uh, to take a look at what they've done. They took a step back in twenty. Their schemes require press man principles on the outside, and if that falters, the whole defensive coverage struggles. Short, deep middle. It didn't show itself too much last year until we got to the playoffs, and that was a big part of it. The um, wholesale changes at linebacker, but loads of talent there. I thought that was a, uh, a, a the inability and the, it, no shame in not being able to call Alabama's, cover Alabama receivers last year, but that was a problem, and it was kind of embarrassing to the defense. And people are saying he's Kerry Gomes in over his head and guys are running free. Couldn't play the press man principles and didn't have enough time to switch it. We'll see what the linebackers can do. Um, the defense revolved around their defensive front. It always has. It allows their defensive backs to roam, 
to flow and to go get it and make plays on the ball. Uh, it's a quarterback-friendly offense. Uh, you know what they're going to do, but they usually have a quarterback that's a game-changer and will do it. Much like Clemson, that the entire season to develop for late-season run because no Big Ten team can really challenge it. And that's it. It's, you know, pure and simple. Um, let's get in a little bit more detail on them. Um, and, by the way, you can go and get all the detailed breakdowns over at Landry Football. Not, not only do I provide the depth chart, the complete roster analysis, who graded out the best last year, but also we'll give you the news and notes so you keep track of all the transfer stuff. Um, it's one of the more intriguing quarterback storylines going into the season because there's so much is expected out of the quarterback position playmaking ability-wise. Um, I, I think it's going to be C.J. Stroud over Jack Miller. They've got a lot of talent, but they've not had a lot of playing time. It is quarterback-friendly, so I think it's going to work, and I think it's going to work well. But replacing Justin Fields, who completed better than 70% of his passes last year and averaged over nine yards in attempt, that's tough to replicate. But remember, came in himself with some questions at Ohio State, and look how well they developed him. These are younger guys. I think they're talented. I think they've got a schedule in a league that can match up. Now, they do play, and we'll get to their schedule. I know they got Oregon early, but more on that a little bit. In the conference, they can get better. All the success starts up front, though. They're blessed with two of the best edge blockers in the country in Mumford and, and Pete, uh, Petit Freire. The center, Josh Myers, is an All-American. The guard, Wyatt Davis, is going to be missed, but they have some really quality guys, including Paris Johnson, Jr. Running back is loaded. I mean, I like Master Teague. I, I think there's several guys more talented. Mayan Williams, Travion Henderson, Evan Pryor, the running back coach, Tony Alford, is, uh, he's got a lot of players. Nobody has more players in that quarterback room than Brian Hartline, who's recruited a lot of them. I mean, I gave you the list of guys. The tight end is a good position with Jeremy Ruckert. I think he's underrated. Lots of weapon, good offensive line. <clears throat> That's what you want around a young quarterback, right? So the offense is fantastic. Now it's about keeping it going with a new quarterback. Uh, maybe go through some things. You know, can you get out of the Oregon game clean in week two? We'll get to that. I know people will say, oh, watch it, week one at Minnesota. Yeah, they may be sloppy. They're still so much better that they'll take care of business. <clears throat> Justin Fields was, was the MVP, though. So C.J. Stroud is, is a guy that's going to have to be the guy, and I don't think he has to carry the team. I think the only issue is how much better can they get once they make the playoffs, because they'll make it. I think they're a cinch in the Big Ten. It's just how good can the quarterback be, not in September, but in January. That's going to determine how much of a factor that can be in winning it all or just making it to the playoffs. Olave will be the main man, but Garrett Wilson is just as explosive playmaker. I don't know who's going to get drafted first. They're both going in the first round. As I mentioned, the pass protection is a little bit spotty on the offensive line, but they'll be able to move the pocket, do things. Um, Master Teague is a lot like a Trey Sermon. Um, it can run, but not the explosive ability. I think, I think Olave and Wilson and Mumford and you know, really their best players. So keep the run production going, develop there is going to be key. 
they got career years out of Haskell Garrett defensively and uh, Tommy Togiai and Jonathan Cooper. The secondary was exposed late. Now that's something that they'll have to, you know, make sure that they don't get caught against Indiana. Uh, Penn State's got some receivers. So those are some games that are challenging to a point. But even those teams got some things to challenge them, not to be pounding on going back to Michigan. But that, again, is the separation is go ahead and attack them. Attack that secondary. Block that front. Got to do that if you're going to have a chance to play with them. Savion Banks clearly struggling in the championship game with Alabama. That's Alabama. Don't know if this team can win a national championship. I think they can. I don't know if that how I'd rank them nationally. But in the conference, look, it's looking like another Big Ten championship unless they just screw the pooch and blow it up. Um, but the linebackers are really the uh, keys outside the quarterback that I'm looking to see what Kerry Combs and that defense can do. The defensive front needs to get in the backfield a little bit more. So those are some of my thoughts there. I love Zach Harrison. I think he's the next really good defensive end. Not Chase Young, but really good. Haskell Garrett, though, is probably the best player on their defense, a defensive tackle. Outstanding. He's a little undersized, but boy, is he tough. And he does he have great first step quickness. So uh needless to say, a great team. Um I don't think they're going to have a lot of room for incoming freshmen to have that much of an impact, but they did get 17 top three hundred commitments. It was the best recruiting class in the Big Ten. Travion Henderson is somebody that can help them early at running back. Jack Sawyer, maybe the best player in the country, certainly the best defensive end can help them. So I look at it as, well, might get interesting against Minnesota week one. I think Oregon got some things that they can throw out. I, I think they're unbeaten. Tulsa, the, when those games, they beat Tulsa, Akron, Rutgers, Maryland, bye week at Indiana. I think they win. Penn State, I think they win. At Nebraska, I think they win. Purdue, Michigan State, and at Michigan. I think this is a 12-0 team. At this point, if you tell me that they're going 11-1, and one, I don't know who beats them. I, I just know that something happens. Now, I, I can tell you, rank the teams that are most likely to give them the biggest matchup schematically, and if things break in the season right, health-wise, maybe give them the best chance. But I don't know that anybody on that schedule can beat Ohio State. I think Ohio State will have to beat themselves. We shall see. Might be, might be, um, might be wrong on that, but but that's that's how I see it. Up next, um, let's take a look at Penn State. You know, a program and a guy that's gotten his share of criticism as well. James Franklin, awful start um, last year. You know, the problem I have with James, and it's not with him, I thought he did a phenomenal job at Vanderbilt. And he's got ties. He's a Pennsylvania guy. This is his quote-unquote dream job. I think, and you've heard me talk about it, whether it's, uh, and Dabble's done a phenomenal job, but you know where Dabble's strengths are and where his weaknesses are. Ed Ogeron, the James Franklin, while different personality than both of them, it's similar in this regard. So reliant on the assistants being the heavy lifters. I think the program lacks a little discipline. I don't mean, you know, bad guys. I'm talking about how they do things well. They lead to collapses, mental lapses on the field. 
Um, you know, I see that a little bit before the season. It's a solid group of players. <clears throat> and we'll get to it. But they're not deep enough, and they're not all that well coached. Joe Moorhead was running the offense, looked a lot different, a lot better. James is he's on his fifth offense coordinator in eight years. Think Ed Orgeron. A lot of hot air, a lot of bluster, not a lot of substance. At least Ed Orgeron hit it big in 2019. James hadn't really done anything. I think this team is perennial underachievers under Franklin. I thought Clifford last year was a mistake, a minute guy. Now, I do like Mike Yersich. Now, he's another guy that's potential fast-track guy. Did a good job. He was a really good coach at Chippenberg's College in Pennsylvania, small Division three school, and he got a job from Mike Gundy at Oklahoma State. Did a really good job there. Went to Texas and did a good job there. I think the offense is in better shape. Kurt Soraka didn't work out. Kurt did a good job at Minnesota. Just didn't work there. I think it's a good running back room with both Lovett and the and the um, who's coming from Baylor. And I think the wide room is very uh, wide receiver room is very talented. The offensive line must improve in pass protection efficiency. I don't think they're very good there. Um, curious to see if the vertical passing game can take hold without mistakes. The offense allowed most sacks in the Big Ten last year. That was quarterback holding it. That was offensive line pass blocking issues. They graded out better on film defensively than you might think, but they need to improve their pass rush or they're in a world of hurt. They are going to miss Michael Parsons' leadership. Last, last year they did, and they're going to miss not having that guy. But we'll see um, you know, where the linebackers kind of go this year. The cornerback room's outstanding. And the interior defensive linemen, I think, are underrated. I think the two interior defensive linemen might be both all-conference players, personally. So, um, they finish, you know, look at numbers. They finish maybe second total in offense, but look at all the mistakes. Yards are one thing. 17 gives away, giveaways, 12th in the Big Ten. That's not, oh, they finish second offensively. No, no, no. Statistically, yards. It's not what you want. Um, Sean Clifford threw nine picks, tied for most in the league. They can't have that. Um, you know, I mean, just, just, I mean, look, he was 23 and 7, touchdown ratio, and 11 2 finish in 19. So he's had some success at quarterback. Let's see if Mike can get it done. I do like the playmakers. I like uh, Jahan Dotson and Parker Washington coming up big last year at, at the receiver. Uh, I do think Brendan uh, Strange and Theo Johnson are good tight ends that can replace Pat Fryermuth. Uh At running back, Kavion Lee, Devin Ford, uh, Keziah Holmes are all returning. Noah Kane is expected to be back healthy. Talked about the transfer there. So um, I think the, the front seven concerns me defensively. Um, the big question is there. You got, uh, I think, Mustafer is one of those underrated guys, um, but they don't have a lot of numbers. The problem with those guys, and I think they're underrated because I think they were on the field way too much, and I thought it was a problem, but I think they're talented. The Duke transfer, Derek Tangelo, 
And the Ono, uh, the uh, Ono uh, Abiki kid, the Temple in transfer is really good. But I just don't like the overall depth. Six scholarship players expected to battle for backup spots. So who emerges? Is it the Tarburton kid or the uh, the uh, the uh, Smith Billboard kid? You know who can do the job there? Questions at linebacker. They return all three starters. Remember um, Parsons opted out last year, so he literally didn't play. But I thought they missed him last year, and I think they miss you know not having a guy like that. Uh, they. Sh- uh, shook things up in the spring. Jesse Lakita moved inside where he's going to share duties with Ellis Brooks. Second on the team in tackles. Um, Brandon Smith will slide over to Will outside backer spot. Open it up. I think Curtis Jacobs is going to be the Sam. We'll see how that works out. The secondary should be a strength. I like the cornerbacks. I like Castro Fields. I like um, I like uh, Wilcon Brisker returning. Um, uh Tariq Castro-Fields is a veteran who's been very effective when he's healthy. Uh, I thought he was Big Ten-ish last year. Came on strong in the end of the year. Um, well, look, I tell you, their um, they're red zone ineffectiveness and mistakes led to their kickers almost having their legs fall off. They had 18 field goal attempts with the second most in the Big Ten. They only hit 11. Um it's not good. It's third worst than the Big Ten, and uh, they were they were better in 2019. So you got to get better there. So a lot of changes on the staff, no question about that. How that plays out, can Mike Yersick be the best play caller they've had since the Joe Moorhead years? Can they get better play out of the offensive line? Can they protect the football better? If if can they? Got to must, and I just don't know that they have enough. Bodies on defense. Like the secondaries I mentioned, a lot of questions to get answered on the defensive line and in the front. So I think, uh, you know, you look at the class, it was a, you know, they're ranked fifth out of 14. They've got to recruit better than that. I mean, it's 26 nationally. That's, that is not, that is going to get you in the mix for the second best. But quite frankly, it's behind Michigan. And, you know, it's catchable for Indiana. I think Landon Tangwell, the tackle, not going to play that much early. I think the safety Jalen Reed could come in and help him early, but I, I, I don't think that. Um, and I think the quarterback Christian Vu is good, but I, I, you know, again, I want to not overreact to one year because of the COVID issue and how it affected recruiting, how it affected everything. But the reality is. They took a little bit of a step back, and let's see how this plays out. Uh, let's get to you to the mailbag question, and Witchek King says he's fascinated with what Tom Allen is doing at IU. He's the kind of co- is he the kind of coach who'll stay there a while and want to leave for an elite job or the type of leave for a better job? Don't know. I mean, I know Tom real well. He's got ties to Florida. I thought he'd been a great fit at Tennessee. I don't know that Tennessee really went hard in that direction at all. Listen, I think he's making a lot of money. He's got a new contract, as I mentioned, five million a year. You put the money and the infrastructure together, um, I think he'll stay there. I, I think there's a real good chance of that. However, if you don't focus on that and you don't give him that, then I think he could leave. Look, I, 
Is it more of a Matt Campbell type thing in the modern era where a guy can stay at Indiana a little bit longer because it's a really good job and you make a lot of money? He's got ties to Indiana this time. So my guess is he'll stay until he gets the really big-time job. I don't think you see guys move so much anymore to just to go to one little job to another little job. Cal Largo says, Chris, you were asking about input about conference realignment. Personally, I think it's terrible that ESPN can basically blow up conferences and completely disrupt the balance of power and tradition of college football. Why doesn't the NCAA create some type of board or charter that can regulate this stuff? Also, I'd like to see smaller conferences, six to eight teams. I agree on the six to eight teams. The answer is very simple on the NCAA. I'm sure you heard about it. Congress basically told them they're out of business. The NCAA can't the NCAA is its member institutions. There is no NCAA, you know, the, the conference, well, the, the presidents of the schools, those are the ones, that's the NCAA. Why haven't they done it? Why don't they look at it? Again, you have a power vacuum in college football. Big 12's got the power. Excuse me, the... Um, <laughs> Got a Big 12's in trouble. The SEC's got the power, and it and it and it squashed the Big 12. And yeah, you can do that. Um, it's money. It's all about money. So who has the power? Who has the money? ESPN's got the money. How can we do? That? Yeah, certainly they were complicit in this. But I think there's a lot that goes with it, with regards to. Um, you know, I, I think this might lead in a, in a and I don't know, I, I really don't. Maybe I'm just trying to be glass half half full. Maybe towards a, a restructuring. I, look, I, I'm of the belief that you're only as good as your sport overall. And I think you're only as good as your, the opponents that you can beat. And I agree. I, I, I always like the small conferences. That's never coming back yet. Why? Because of money. Big conferences, big TV deals. Why big TV deals? More markets. That's what they want. So we're not going back to that. That's over. And look, the, the NCAA, if you're talking about, well, what is the, the NCAA has no power to make committees and do that. You've got to have the people rise up that are in the schools to say, this is what we want to do and how we want to do it. And look, credit the SEC for doing what's right for them. If we had leadership in college athletics that were more like the folks in the SEC, the sport would be better. But we don't have that in the Big Ten. We don't have that in the Pac-12. We don't have, you know, the Big 12, I thought Bob did a good job, but they were always vulnerable to Texas leaving and Oklahoma leaving. Um, we're in new, we're in new, uh, we're in new changes, um, and new times. Which uh, King says, uh, Michigan fans I know are losing interest. Uh, they feel like extending Harbaugh was a sign of acceptance of being seven to eight win program, not even competing with Ohio State. Yeah, I think that a lot of Michigan fans are. Problem is the people that make the decisions, the muckety mucks, they're not. They're not frustrated with Jim Harbaugh like the fans are. Um, they are a little bit high and mighty on football is important, but it's not that important. We're, we're such a great academic institution, and they are. They're not the pittance of the football. I, 
I, I don't. I believe if you're going to do something, do it right. I think Michigan's football tradition and history speaks for itself. I, I think another year like that, I think Harbaugh will be gone. He is one of theirs. But keep in mind, too, on a positive side, it was a COVID year last year. Doesn't explain the years before, but it explains why you don't make the move in a COVID year. Some did, they didn't. But what also did they do? And I give Ward Manuel credit for this. I recruited Ward Manuel years ago out of New Orleans. Did such a good job recruiting the LSU, went to Michigan. Um, he reworked Jim Harbaugh's contract down to make more of an out. So I think it's, the handwriting is on the wall. I, I don't think he's going to have that long of a leash. Hey, folks, a reminder again, it's so great to be with you. We're going to be here every week, same time, same channel, twitch.tv slash Football. Check us out on Big Ten Football and beyond, 4 p.m. Central, each and every Tuesday. A uh, reminder again, uh, you can get the podcast form of this by going to LandryFootball.com. Check it out. Sign up for Landry Football's conference call. You may already be signed up for that. That way you'll get it there. And again, if you sign up for twitch.tv slash Football, <clears throat> you'll get notified when we're ready to go live. But you've got a couple of opportunities, and we invite you to join us for our other conference shows and our national college show, which appears right before this one. Uh, we've got uh, SEC show twice a week, and we've got uh, ACC, Big Ten, Big 12, Pac-12 all week long. Check LandryFootball.com. You get instant connection. Click on the banner, the pink banner that says follow Chris on Twitch. It'll take you there to the channel, and underneath it, underneath that bar, you'll see the schedule. Click on that right on Landry Football, and it'll give you when all those shows are. So we're right here for you, and we're going to be here for you all season. So um, I appreciate Woodcheck Kings, and you love the breakdowns of each of the teams and each of the conference uh, on the site and in the new shows. Yeah, we appreciate that. This is a football show. You know, we're not interested in having folks that want to talk COVID for an hour. And, you know, this is for football people. This is what it's going to be about. When it's time to talk those things, when it affects what we're doing, that's fine. Uh, but, you know, that's why we've got people involved that, you know, this is what we want to do, how we want to do it. And if people are not uh, with the program with that, then we wish them best. But we're really, really excited about where we're headed. So check us out here on twitch.tv slash chrislandryfootball and check out the detailed film room breakdowns on all the college teams, all the NFL teams, the notebooks each and every day over at LandryFootball.com. Folks, um, I'm coming right back in a few minutes. Yeah, I don't know if the voice can hold on, but I'm going to be back. We're going to have a short edition, and I'm going to tell you why it's a short edition for Scout's Eye on Pro Football. That's coming up at the top of the hour. Give me a couple of minutes to swig a sip of water, and we'll be talking that. Thank you so much, guys, for joining us, and we'll get to you right, um, right after this. <laughs> 